You're listening to the Investing.com's weekly crypto podcast with your host, Clément Thibault. Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Cryptalk of November 25th. Uh, this episode comes to you from London. So I'm here because I've been invited to speak at an event uh, from XM, which is a broker. And we're going to be going over uh, just a little bit of, you know, what I've been talking about then there because it's also relevant for uh, this week's news. So that's great. And generally, you know, I always say at the beginning of, the pod- of this podcast, who is it for? So this podcast is for you if you want a podcast of like 20, 25 minutes, just going over the weekly news and you don't really want to spend your time following the crypto markets and drama, but you still don't want to stay completely out of touch with, you know, the developments in the technology and everything that's going on. So if you just want 20, 25 minutes, that's for you. And this is why we're here. All right. So let's go to the topics of this week. Our topics this week include a impossible FCA crypto ban, but it's not as bad as it sounds. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because the headline is a little uh, misleading. Uh, we're going to talk about a problem that has happened with uh, the OKX exchange where they closed a settlement earlier and without warning. And so we'll talk just a little bit about exchanges and why they are you know, dangerous and why it's dangerous to keep funds on there and why you should keep it in your account. And we're also going to be talking about a KPMG report. Uh, So a big institution with another report on crypto. It's always interesting to talk about and see what do the institutions feel about crypto and what they are missing to actually get in the game. All right. So that's our three topics for this week. And let's get it right into it. All right. So next up, uh, I want to talk a little bit about crypto exchanges. So the standard advice for anyone trading crypto has always been to keep the funds on an exchange to a minimum and to really use there only what you need to trade and only what you want, you know, to exchange and and any other funds, you know, don't keep it on an exchange. In the past, we've seen uh, we've seen exit scams of people just, you know, exchanges just closing shop and taking whatever was in their wallets and just going away. So that's something that you always need to be aware of when you trade on an exchange. And, and an unregulated exchange can do, you know, pretty much what it wants. And we've gotten a good example of that. It actually happened last week, but the story broke out this week. So we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So OKX, which is uh, one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges, and they changed the terms of $135 million worth of derivative contracts. And they saddled a few people with losses and, and just, you know, underscored once again how, ex- how dangerous it is to trade on those exchanges. So basically what happened is that they forced the early settlement of Bitcoin Cash contracts uh, without warning uh, on November 14th. And prices were tumbling. And obviously, you know, a lot of traders weren't expecting uh, the contract to just, you know, be settled. So obviously, if you have a big position in a derivative contract and a futures contract, and, and, you know, and you're planning on seeing how things develop and you want to keep it open, you, you know, you're counting on the fact that you know the settlement date and this kind of helps you and guides you in your decision making. And if all of a sudden, you know, the contract is settled while you're losing money and, and people are like, and, and OKX was like, okay, okay, that, that's, that's the final, that's it, it's done. You know, we're closing the contract and Bloomberg reported that a certain trader was, you know, lost about $700,000 because the hedging position he had on OKX was closed 
and it was closed on a level that didn't reflect uh, market prices. So, you know, that's the danger of trading on unregulated exchanges. And I wanted to talk about that just, just a little bit today because I think that we're far removed, I believe, you know, and I really hope that we're far removed from what happened with the Mt. Gox with people just losing, you know, an enormous amount of funds that was hosted on an exchange. Uh, but still, the fact that they aren't, the fact that exchanges aren't regulated means that they can pretty much do what they want. And that's something that you should always consider. And, you know, one of the sentences uh, said is that a, a trusted third party is a security risk. And, and it's, it's all of the more true with everything that has to do with exchanges, right? Because your money is, ju is just in their pockets and you have to believe that they'll let you get it back and that, you know, they won't change anything and that they won't keep it. So, you know, it's, it's, not, like, it's not like U.S. stock exchanges where you have some protection and you have some level of protection from above and you know that your money can't just go like that just because your broker decided that it would go and we have measures to prevent that but you know in cryptocurrency exchanges there's nothing to prevent an exchange from going bad and bad i don't necessarily mean broke i mean just bad and just to become a rogue actor and just to take money away from people so that happened last week and it's just again underscores that whatever you do with exchanges just be careful uh there's also a criminal probe into bitfinex and, and tether so that's also something to keep in mind because if Bitfinex goes down, uh, a lot of people are still trading there and, and do like trading there. So, you know, we're, we're still not guaranteed, you know, any safety when it comes to crypto exchanges. And that's something that you just need to know while you're trading. And so keep it to a minimum. Whatever you don't use on the exchange, you know, get it back to your own wallet where no one can take it away from you. That's probably the soundest advice. Uh, all right. So having talked about OKX and a little bit about exchanges, uh, we can move on to a report from uh, KPMG. All right, if we're already in London, might as well talk about the FCA. So I saw a headline that kind of grabbed my attention this week that said that the FCA, which is the Financial Conduct Authority, which is kind of the SEC of the UK, is considering a crypto ban. So at first, obviously, you know, you kind of look at it and you're like, what is happening? Like, why do they want to ban crypto? And, and how will they do it? But they don't really want to ban crypto in itself. What they do want to ban is products that are, bit, are trading based on crypto. So like CFDs and options and that sort of thing. Because they can't really prevent you from buying crypto. That's kind of the entire point of crypto. So they do want to, to kind of, you know, get a handle on crypto trading because they feel like it's dangerous. And a lot of firms... You know, it's easier to trade because you don't really have to have a wallet. You just open an account and you, you maybe even already have an account with a certain broker and that allows you to trade crypto. So they want to, they want, you know, to tone it down and to, you know, protect people. That's usually, you know, the, the reason why they do things. So uh, speaking at an event in London, uh, Christopher Woodlard, which is an executive board member of the FCA, uh, said that they are considering a ban on crypto CFDs and the likes. Now, there's one thing to know, kind of like an, an overarching, you know, topic this year has been ESMA, which is the European uh, Protection Agency, kind of when it comes to trading. And so they decided to already cut the leverage down significantly. So now brokers can only offer leverage trading in Europe of two to, of one to two. That means that if you want to trade a position, you need to have half of it in collateral in a deposit with your, bro with your broker. So 
that's already, you know, that's it cut down significantly because, you know, you used to be able to open a position that was about, you know, 20, 30, even 100 times more than money that you had. But a lot of people were losing money. And so they decided to cut that down and they set, you know, maximum leverages for everything. So from indices to individual stocks to cryptocurrencies and cryptocurrencies, obviously, being, you know, having the volatility that they have, have been, you know, only limited to uh, one to two. So that means you can only, you know, trade with double of what you have. So that's that's something that you have to know that's in the background. And I wanted to talk about this today because it kind of shows you where, you know, where the regulator in Europe, at least, wants to go. They didn't want to try to avoid people trading crypto. That's definitely what it feels like to me. And so he said that, you know, they will. So again, Christopher uh, Woodlard said that the FCA will consult and will decide until the end of the year if they want to ban crypto completely. So that would be a UK decision. The UK is still subject to European decisions, but they can make the rules harsher in their own countries if they're interested. So that's something that they are considering doing. And, you know, they, they also trying to figure out what falls under their jurisdiction. And, you know, so they're still trying to figure out everything out. But, you know, the FCA is kind of a big agency. And, and you know, a lot of people look up to it just like people look up at the SEC. So if the FCA does something, it definitely creates the danger of more agencies following through. So if the ACA, if the FCA banned cryptos, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see ESMA, so the European authority, just outright banning crypto derivatives and banning crypto trading and leverage trading in Europe in general. Um, so that's, you know, that that's why I wanted to talk about this because I feel like this is an important part for many people because many aren't trading necessarily on crypto exchanges but you know through their usual brokers so be that whoever they may be uh, and you know getting getting banned from doing that will push people away and you know honestly they can stop the leverage trading they can stop the crypto trading right because that's kind of the whole idea of crypto like i was saying earlier but still you know a lot of people are you know, using strategies that require leverage sometimes. So it's something to keep track of if you are trading crypto with a broker. Now, other than that, he also said that they were going to make a complete review of how crypto is used in financial crimes, such as uh, money laundering. And so that's also something to keep an eye on because every, every development by a regulator is very important to the development of, of crypto itself. And the FCA is one of the big ones out there. So they definitely have a strong say and people will follow them, like I said earlier. Overall, it's one of the things that decentralized exchanges, which aren't, you know, still aren't operating and there's not, there's not, there's not really a decentralized exchange today, but that's kind of the, the what they want to solve eventually so that, you know, regulator or anyone can tell you to come and trade crypto or purchase crypto. And, you know, and, and we've seen that with IDEX that has been restricted in the state of New York. Uh, that there are no decentralized exchanges yet. So this is definitely something, you know, this is decentralized exchanges are definitely a development uh, that are anti-regulator and try to avoid regulation in that way. So, you know, it'll be a game of cat and mouse and I expect it to continue for years to come because I'm not sure exactly how, you know, the values of crypto from an ideological point of, of view really merge with, you know, having kind of a big brother regulator. But that's another discussion for another day. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about the FCA today. Uh, being in London, let's make it a London special. All right, so let's move on to our second topic of the day. Moving on to the KPMG report. 
So KPMG is one of the big four uh, accounting firms in the world. So they are, you know, they, they are basically what you would call like a traditional institution along with banks like Morgan Stanley, which report on crypto we've covered uh, a few weeks back. So it's definitely interesting. You know, we look at it because it's it gives you an insight on how those firms, how kind of the firms that rule the financial world today look at crypto and how they see it developing and, and where they see the challenges as institutions. Because we're talking a lot about, you know, the institutional money and when that will come in. And if institutions will really adopt crypto, then, you know, we're basically it's trillions of dollars flowing into the ecosystem. And that's probably going to drive up prices and get everybody excited again about crypto. So it's very interesting to be able to get a report and to really get an insight on how they see it. Uh, that's being said, let's talk about the report. So first of all, the first phrase that every crypto enthusiast will like to hear is that KPMG called uh, crypto impossible to ignore now which, you know, it's, it's great because it used to be something that was just small for like hobbyists and enthusiasts and it was kind of an underground thing. But now even if, if, if even KPMG kind of comes back around to saying that it's impossible to ignore, then we're definitely on the, on the right road to adoption and to mainstream. Now the report also says that crypto assets have the potential to increase trust uh, by being immutable, which is great and reduce friction in the current economic system that we have. But what's something people, what people will probably not like is that they're also saying that given the limitations today, uh, the, just the immutability and, and just the trust that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies generate today is probably not enough without having institutions to kind of back up that trust. So this is where they probably defer from what a lot of, you know, cypherpunks think about Bitcoin, that Bitcoin itself, you know, the code is what is trusted and you don't need third parties. So KPMG, obviously being a big institution, makes sense that they probably still see a place for themselves in, you know, the Bitcoin and the crypto ecosystem. So that's something to remember. Now, what I want to focus on from this report is where KPMG sees the key challenges to bring institutions on board. So first of all, obviously, is probably the biggest one, and, and we also touched about it talking about the FCA today, but it's the lack of, career, of a clear regulation and that, you know, institutions still aren't sure exactly where the regulation is headed. There's still no, you know, clear regulation, and institutions won't jump in until they know that, you know, they are able to navigate, you know, state regulations and federal regulations in the U.S., as well as, you know, whatever na national regulations you might have in your own country. And that's the first problem, because like we've seen, the SEC kind of gives regulation by enforcement and they kind of give guidance by enforcement, like I've done with uh, the couple of the ICOs, AirToken and Paragon that we talked about last week. When that, this is how they kind of set the ground rules and they aren't. And it's difficult for institutions to really lean on that and to get a complete and clear picture. And that definitely, you know, stops them from jumping in. The second thing is actually being sure that whatever you know their customers are doing is not used for criminal activity. So we need to realize where the fiat money that comes into crypto comes from. That means that we need to implement anti-money laundering processes and, and KYCs, know your customers and customer identification and, and the many things that we don't really have today. And every time that a firm like Shapeshift you know, tries to implement, it gets a lot of backlash from the crypto community saying that my funds shouldn't be you know, tied to my identity. And again, kind of goes against the point of crypto to begin with, but institutions will not, you know, will try to avoid 
wherever you know criminal activity is happening and of course you know we've seen which you know hsbc and we've seen it before that there are a lot of uh, money laundering schemes happening in banks anyway but still that doesn't mean that they're willing to just accept a brand new one and just turn a blind eye and everything you know just because they're wrong on one point doesn't mean that they'll be okay just being wrong with everything so that's definitely something to also keep in mind now the third thing is is secure storage and custody so of course transactions are irreversible in crypto we know that that's why when we send a big amount we always set a small a small amount beforehand make sure that it arrived and only then send the big amount to you know to avoid sending thousands of dollars to the wrong person uh but you know it, it means that we need to have best security practices to keep crypto assets safe and we need qualified custodians and and coinbase is now a custodian and i'm sure that you know a lot of other firms are working on becoming custodians to kind of get institutions into the game but so this is one of the things that i actually see being solved in the near future and you know and big big companies stepping in like fidelity that is launching you know launch the digital assets and if fidelity come becomes a custodian of crypto then you know it, they'll probably trust it and this is the big things with institution they need to trust whoever they're doing business with and this is why institutions bring more institutions and this is why it's very hard for an institution to be the first one to actually dive into the crypto world and the fourth one of course uh, being an accounting firm uh, kpmg inside there there are no specific accounting guidances today and so there is a lot of uncertainty regarding how to account for cryptocurrency transactions and there there are also a need for clear tax guidance so the only guidance we have today came from the irs in the u.s in in 2014 and then the irs said that crypto will be treated as a property uh, but so every time crypto is spent or exchanged it's actually a taxable event but you know we we need more than the, the, the institutions feel that they need more than that from the irs to actually being able to do a good job and to really you know not infringe on the law and do everything and actually establish best, best practices. So everything I've said today regarding the KPMG comes from their report, uh, which you can read. It's been published uh, in a lot of places. It's available on their website, I believe. And it's a great look into what people need to do if they want institutions to come. Uh, if you want it to come or not, that's another discussion. But if you do want to come, you know, KPMG has done a great job outlining, you know, what it needs and what it's missing. And it's not stuff that entrepreneurs can necessarily solve because you know it demands the guidance of the irs and probably the sec and and a lot of you know government bodies that are harder to pressure but i'm sure that you know if the crypto community comes together and demands clear guidance and and a body i know that there are lobbying firms now uh, advocating for crypto so that's definitely something that can help uh, lobby the irs and the sec to give us uh, clear guidance uh, okay that's great so that's it uh, for today i believe and uh, it's been a good one. And I really hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed talking about the topics that we talked about today. And I guess I will uh, see you next week. Next week, uh, back from the home office and not from a hotel room in London. So that's definitely going to be more comfortable for me. Like always, if you have any comments and you want to you know, drop me a message, you can find me on Twitter. It's Thibault, so that's C-L-E-M-T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. I'll reply to whatever you send me, whether it's bad, it's good. I really want you, your guys' opinions on it. Uh, we're hoping to maybe start going to interviews and maybe getting people on the podcast in the near future. So if that's something you're interested in, you know, please let us know who and why, and uh, we'll try to make it happen. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you next week.